Psalm chapter 51. This afternoon we shall consider verse 14 and 15. But I'd like to read from verse 1 to 15. To the choir master, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take, me, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Father, we thank you this afternoon as we come to your table, uh, we come, Lord, as men with feet of clay, men born with sinful nature, men who have broken your laws, who have sinned against you this past week. And we come, Lord, repenting of all our sins. We pray that you may help us to have the right attitude, the right heart, the right attention this afternoon as we come to as as we come to the table we pray that uh, you you may help us to watch over ourselves help us to be uh, humble and reverent as we approach your table for we know indeed of the dire consequences uh, of of coming to this table unprepared uh, we pray that uh, our hearts may be in the right place we pray that your word may help us to be well instructed as we come to the table. Do forgive us, Lord, for all our sins. Cleanse us from every unrighteousness. Lead us, Lord, in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We come to verse 14 and 15. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. O oh God of my salvation and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness O oh Lord open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise up until this time 
David had committed this heinous sin with Bathsheba, and this sin was still in his mind. He says very clearly here that he's still blood guilty. He has written already about his desire to be cleansed. This is a crime that haunted him, the crime of murder, the crime of um, adultery. We have a similar phrase um, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 10. It says, And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. The same word, blood, in verse 10 of Genesis chapter 4, is the same word David is using here. David is making reference to the blood of Uriah. And he's saying, The blood of Uriah cries out against me even as the blood of Abel cries out from the ground. That blood is crying out for vengeance. It cries out for judgment. And what David had done was a cowardly act. David had laid with Bathsheba. Um, Bathsheba had gotten pregnant. And, he goes, and she goes and tells David of the matter. And David seeks to conceal the matter. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 14, you are told that David wrote a letter to Joab. And this is what he says. He says, set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting and then draw back from him that he may be struck down and die. And this is what uh, Joab did. Uh, there's nothing manly, there's nothing courageous about what David did. It's so hard to believe a man who had slayed Goliath, now he had turned into a coward. And this surely reminds us of what sin does to a man. He had committed this terrible sin with Bathsheba. And the once brave and courageous man has now turned into a coward and a murderer. Murder was not only the sin that he committed, this sin was very costly to his family as well. Uh, we're told of Nathan telling him that the sword will never depart from your house. David was guilty for the death of Uriah, but he's also guilty for the death of a number of servants who were killed alongside Uriah. In, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 17, that's chapter 11, verse, verse 17, it says, And the men of the city came out and fought with Joab and some of the servants of David among the people fell. It was, it was clearly David is guilty not only of Uriah but innocent servants who were exposed in this, uh, in this battle with the Amorites. And here David is crying out and he's telling God deliver me from blood guiltiness. David is saying, from the ground, the blood of those men call out for vengeance. From the gr ground, the blood of those men pronounce David as guilty. David receives the report that Uriah has been killed in the battlefield and Listen to what he says in verse 25. Listen to his response. He says, David says, said to the messenger, Thus, 
shall you say to Joab, Do not let this matter displease you, for the sword devours now one and now another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it and encourage him. David is not even troubled that Uriah is dead, that some of his servants are dead. Rather, in his heart, he rejoices. He rejoices that he thinks that he has covered his sins. God said this thing was evil. And what God says it is evil, even for man to say it is a mistake, it is a mishap, God sees it as wickedness. And David committed this cruel act. He did not care about the feelings of Bathsheba. He did not care about the feelings of the family of Uriah. He did not care about anything. We're told in, in, in the same chapter, Second uh, Samuel 11, 26, we're told of Uriah that when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she lamented over her husband. And when the morning was over, David sent and brought her to his house and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Simply put, David did not care about the feelings of Bathsheba. His actions were cowardly. His actions were careless. This is a woman who is uh, sobbing the death of his husband. But what does he do in the morning? She takes her and she becomes her wife. Here David is repenting of his sins. And he says, deliver me from blood guiltiness. He acknowledges that he has shed innocent blood. God spoke through the prophet Nathan to tell David that he had put away his sin. That David was not going to die because of this, uh, of this heinous crime. Because this sin was punishable by death. But God tells David, I have put away your sin. You shall not die. But we still see here in this repentance that the guilt of his sin is still haunting him. He still has feelings of guilt even after God forgiving him. He knew that he was guilty. Even though it was the sword of the Amorite that slayed Uriah, David knew that he was guilty. God had put David at the scene of the crime. In the eyes of God, David was the one standing there committing that act of murder. We are told in Numbers 35 verse 17, and he, he struck him down with a stone tool that could cause death, and he died. He is a murderer. The murderer shall be put to death. If someone was, uh, was struck by a sword uh, or a stone tool, that person who committed that crime was a murderer, and a murderer shall be put to death. David desires to be delivered from blood guiltiness. He deserved death. But the Lord was gracious to him. He put away his sin. And sometimes we suffer with our own share of guiltiness, even after coming to, to Christ. 
there's a sense in which all of us are guilty here we are all guilty of the death of this of us of our lord jesus christ on the cross it was our sin that put him there isn't it yet we have been justified we've been justified by our lord jesus christ justification means that you have been declared righteous god treats you righteous god treats you like his son because Christ Jesus has died in our place he took our place and at that point when he died on the cross he covered for our sins he has clothed us with his righteousness and why will we wear any guilt anymore after coming to Christ why will the devil remind us of our sins why will the devil remind us to be guilty of what we were before we came to Christ. Why should we remember what God has already forgotten? Why would we want to beat ourselves and harm ourselves down for the things that we've repented about? You see, the Lord Jesus Christ has given us victory. Our sin has been cast into the sea of forgetfulness. There's no time to feel guilty. For the Christian, it is a time to rejoice that God has put away our sins. The Lord indeed has set us free. He no longer sees us as guilty. He has clothed us with the righteousness of Christ and God is our salvation. David says, "O oh God of my salvation." And then lastly we see in verse 16 Verse 15, sorry. Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. It is the most natural thing for the believer, the person cleansed by the, by, by, uh, by the precious blood of Jesus Christ to respond in praise. David says, open my lips, loosen my tongue. This is the most natural thing for the redeemed soul to praise the Lord. David in his sin could not praise God. But here he prays for deliverance and here he's, he prays to God that God may open his lips. Dear child of God, when you look at what Christ Jesus has done for you, you have no other response but to praise him. What else can you do but praise the Lord? If you have any impediment to praising the Lord, look at what Christ Jesus has done for you. Sing aloud of his righteousness. Sing aloud about his victory. Sing aloud about his humiliation in your place. And so we sing rejoicing in Jesus Christ. We sing of the goodness of God. We sing of the praises of God. We can sing glory, glory. Be to God the Father, to God the Son, God, to God the Holy Spirit. Your tongue can sing of his righteousness because you've been justified. You've been declared righteous. You have good reason this afternoon to rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've truly repented of your sins, if you've turned away from your sins, 
the fruit of that repentance is joy and gladness in the Lord. And you can open your mouth and show forth your grace. David says, Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. If God has done a great work in your heart, you have no other response but to open your lips, sing of his praises, and tell others of what God has done for you. If you read the example of the prophet Isaiah, when he's called by God, he says he's ready to go. He's ready to go and tell others what God has done for him. You see, the soul that has been relieved from the wrath of God, from the shame of sin, that soul has nothing else to report but what? But what God has done. He says, I will declare your praise. So may God touch your heart. May God touch your lips. May God touch your mind, your whole being to sing praises to him this afternoon. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word this afternoon. Pray that you may help us to truly repent of all our sins. Cause us to look to Christ, to walk in righteousness, to submit to your law, and to love you with all our hearts. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.